Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we're talking about The Clone Wars Season 6, Episodes 1 through 4, with myself and my guests, Riki and Sarah Hayashi. All that more after commercial break, we have no control over. Welcome back. My name is Matthew. I'm super excited to have our two guests on and talk about these episodes. But first, I wanted to make two quick announcements. First, um, and Riki and Sarah, you may have seen this on my Facebook. I'm not sure, but I want to let all of my podcast listeners know. Um, as I am coming to uh, new understandings of myself and my identity, uh, I've started to ask people to use they, them pronouns for me. So just to our listeners, especially if you're referring to me in terms of listener feedback and stuff like that, which I always love, just understand um, uh, I'm most comfortable being referred to as they or them. So second thing I wanted to say is, um, as I'm recording this, last night here in the city of Minneapolis where I live, in one of the suburbs, Brooklyn Center, uh, we had yet another uh, killing of a black man by cops. This time his name was uh, Duante Wright. Uh, And uh, I just got back from the protest about that, so my voice is a little hoarse. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about Star Wars in a second, but especially as, you know, in these Star Wars episodes, we're talking more and more about authority and violence and, and when that's appropriate to be used and when it's not. Just wanted to kind of make note of that, that we are, you know, once again, seeing how the issues that Star Wars covers uh, are definitely hitting us in our own worlds. So let's turn to our discussion of the Bourne identity. I I mean, the clone (laughs) identity. I mean, season six, episodes one through four, which are pretty much a spy thriller. What do you all think of these episodes? This is my favorite story. No, no, no. (laughs) This is a very good arc, but it it is definitely not my favorite. Um, Some of the ones we had last season... Are, but I, I think this is very good. And season six of The Clone Wars often gets maligned because of kind of the way it was produced and it, and it gets cut short. Mm-hmm. But this is an excellent start and it's an excellent seg from, you know, Clone Wars to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess have similar feelings, whereas like it's it's not it's not my favorite arc. It's a definite it's definitely a lot darker not very not a very fun arc but a very intriguing arc and i think what you said about spy thriller is yeah completely correct yeah i i think i'm definitely on board with all that um i do really love these episodes i think some of the episodes the the arcs we got last season might be a little higher for me but it's definitely in my top five or so both because it is darker but i admit i kind of like that um you know the roger roger count i believe is at zero for these episodes (laughs) we did have clones we were fighting but the, the fighting always felt a lot more sinister. Uh, I'm sorry. We did have droid. We did have droids. We were fighting in in early episodes, but uh, it, the fighting seemed much darker. And then, of course, later on, it was fighting between clones. And I think I think the point you make is about setting this up for Revenge of the Sith is also very important. I feel like you know we often talk about how this show helps to fill in the gaps in the prequels and to make that last movie of Revenge of the Sith make a lot more sense. I think, for me, these these episodes fundamentally changed how I saw Order 66 and gave me a much better understanding of why the clones did what they did and what and also just a lot more um, empathy for what they went through. Yeah, the, so what you're saying about having more empathy about Order 66 and what the clones are going through. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that, um, especially as this idea of like these chips being implanted in them makes them not themselves. And I think that we see a real strong push for individuality and like a true sense of humanity. But then this idea of like, you have a chip implanted in your brain that can control 
your actions right. is undermining that and then sort of like reconciliation with that. Mm, that makes sense. So let me quick give a summary of these episodes for those who either haven't seen them in a while or haven't seen them at all, but just want to kind of follow along with us. We start with a battle against uh, between tro- droids and clones with Jedi leading on a um, space station surrounding a planet, which doesn't make the most sense, but moving on. <laughs> and as part of the battle, a clone trooper named Top is clearly having some kind of like brain neurological issues and winds up shooting one of the Jedi generals and killing her. Um, he is, of course, sort of arrested and everyone's now trying to figure out what happened to her. And at the same time, the Separatists clearly are very interested, led by Count Dooku, in capturing Tup. Uh, it seems like they are definitely have some sort of awareness of what may have happened and, and want to stop the Jedi and the Republic from figuring it out. Tup, meanwhile, seems like he is... I get very kind of like Manchurian candidate vibes from him. Like mm-hmm. he seems like he's not really himself and he keeps whispering, you know, good. He keeps mentioning good soldiers, follow orders, good soldiers, follow orders. Um, and so he is taken back to Camino. He's given a medical exam. And through the course of this fives, who's a, a clone we spent a lot of times with is very clearly like his good friend. Uh, at, at a very early point, Tup had tried to talk to fives about what he was going through. And fives was just kind of like, come on, just be a good soldier. And so I think, partially out of guilt of that, partially out of the friendship they have. Five is kind of go- Fives is kind of going with him the whole way and 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 being pretty, like, feisty when um, the Kaminoans especially don't seem to want to give this the, the proper uh, attention. And over the course of the story, um, Fives winds up disobeying orders and kind of teaming up with a droid to get some um, exams done. They find out that Top has what seems to be a tumor in his head, which they later learn is actually um, partially inorganic and that it was clearly inserted. And they then do some more studies, first on Fives himself and then on some of the others, and learn that this chip is actually being inserted into the heads of all of the clones. Uh, They confront the Kaminoans about this and talk to the Jedi about it, and the Kaminoans insist that this was only done in order as a suppressor chip because Jango Fett, who was far too violent um, to be the basis of good clone soldiers, they wanted to kind of inhibit that aggressiveness. And um, there's a lot of shady stuff going on. The Kaminoans just want to have Tup killed. Five wants to do this research. As part of the research, Tup does wind up dying because Five uh, is able to remove the chip. And there's a lot of conflict about that. Five winds up going on the run, trying to get all this done. And finally, uh, things get taken back to uh, Coruscant, where the Chancellor is very invested in making sure that he can personally investigate this. You know, the Kaminoans are very concerned and say that Fives can't be trusted now that his chip has been removed. We spend some time with um, Fives, who clearly believes that this is a um, a plot against the Jedi. And he thinks that this is all about turning the clones against the Jedi and that this thing called Protocol 66 is mentioned a few times. Uh, Palpatine winds up spending some time alone with Fives, at the end of which, surprise, surprise, Fives tries to attack Palpatine. And that's used as justification to say, clearly this means that the, the chip was, was actually the inhibitor and nothing else. And Fives is shot as part of the uh, attempt to, to deal with him as he's attacking the Chancellor at first. And then the Chancellor says, well, I guess it just was an inhibitor chip. All is fine. And Mace Windu says, great, I'm not going to ask any questions. That sounds perfectly trustworthy. And Yoda looks suspicious, but does absolutely nothing. 
Well, there's, I think the thing that, that gets me is at the end, they're like, oh, the reason this chip malfunctioned is because there was some contaminated water on the planet um, that the 501st went on to. Right. Um, a parasite of some kind. Yeah, a parasite. So, so we we fortunately have found um, like the, the cure for this parasite or like a, a vaccine against this parasite. So we're going to inoculate every single clone. Uh, problem solved. And it's just like, I don't know, I feel like we're all maybe a little too familiar with vaccinating massive populations at this point. Mm-hmm. But but just the idea that like, they're not even like, we're gonna vaccinate the 501st because they were on that planet. But like, just everybody, it was really rare. The whole 501st was down there and only one guy contracted this thing, which obviously doesn't exist. It's It's just a cover up. But yeah, and then we're gonna inoculate everyone. Seems mm-hmm. like a reasonable response. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely, to me, was very telling that Mace Window is just not suspicious of this at all. Because it, it seems so clearly a fixed situation in so many yeah. different ways. Well, and they're just like, oh, Sifo Diaz had us put these chips in. He was a, he was a normal dude, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. cool with him. Ugh. Yeah, and like, they also, when um, Fives is confronting... So I like I like this episode because we got a lot of Shakti, um, mm-hmm. who's maybe I don't know. We don't get a lot of her personality, but I like her a lot just because yeah. she's like this like really cool kick ass lady. Um, she she's the Jedi Master who is overseeing the operations on Kamino, right? And is from the same race as Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, right. so she's got like <clears throat> like yeah, she's just like an adult looking Ahsoka, but she's just really cool. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she's like really like treats the clones as individuals but is still very like we got to go through with the mission like right. clearly tough bad things are happening to him but she is pushing to get this additional autopsy done even though the Kaminoans are like no no we just got to kill him right now so that we can sorry not additional autopsy additional brain scan right whereas the Kaminoans are like no no we have to kill him now before his brain deteriorates so we can do an autopsy and actually see what happens Anyway, Fives has gone on this crazy mission with the droid, um, a a Z a Z, I think, yeah. um, and they they've come back. They found the chips. They've pulled the chip out of Fives' head, which is a not a functional chip, so it doesn't look deteriorated. They have the chip from Tup's head, which is all like black and dead. He's like, "See these chips? They put them in our brains. We found them in these fetus clones." Um, and the Kaminoans are like, "Yeah, we." They're just inhibitor chips. That's a normal thing to put in clones. I don't know why you're freaking out about this. Right. Like, just so gaslighty. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... Uh... It doesn't help Five's case that he gives off strong Charlton Heston, <laughs> Soil and Green yeah. as People vibes yeah. when he's trying to convince people of this conspiracy. And it right. sounds insane. Like, it does sound like a really crazy conspiracy. Um, and it seems like the... like. He goes and he escapes. He disguises himself by putting on a hat because he's a clone and that's an easy disguise. <laughs> True. Um, and, and goes to like a clone bar and finds some other guys from the 501st. I think it's like Kix or Jesse that he finds in the restroom. He's, he meets up with Kix. And he's just like, you gotta listen to me, buddy. You gotta get me General Skywalker. I gotta, I gotta talk to him, see? And he's just like, well, they're looking for you. Just turn yourself in. He's like, no, no, no. I've got this. I've got, I've got, I know, I know what's going on. Only me. Yeah. And it's just like, Okay, I'll try and arrange a meeting for you. And it's just like, 
even when he's explaining this to Anakin, he just sounds unhinged. And I mean, he probably is, right? Like, he's uncovered this conspiracy and is probably not dealing with it in a cool, calm, rational way, but... Well, and my my understanding was that part of it's just because he's dealing with this like huge amount of very upsetting information, mm-hmm. but also that I do think that um, I mean we see both Tops and him their mental state deteriorate deteriorate quite rapidly, and I think the implication is supposed to be that that chip is is somewhat of an inhibitor and is definitely the thing that will be activated to to kind of clue on order 66 Hmm. but that it is so deeply embedded into their brains and their brain functioning that removing it does kind of lead to the deterioration of their their mental uh mental powers it sounds like a superpower just like you know their their ability to be cognitive and rational and things like that so i think it's it's a combination of all those things for sure makes sense i disagree because that's that's not consistent with something that happens later in the series Mm, i believe that's possible but i mean so Cl- Fives well, did have his chip removed very quickly by a robot who's like, theoretically, I could do this. So, I mean, that might have had something to do with it, too. I'm also going to suggest that it's possible that um, the writers of the Clone Wars over these seven seasons have <laughs> not had the highest degree of um, uh, connectivity. Not connected. What's the word? Uh, consistency on some of sure. these things. So I think it's entirely possible. Like, Rigi, you may well be right. And it's something we should talk about when we get to those episodes. But I also think it's possible that they wrote it here as though he was becoming unbalanced from not having the chip, but then just ignored that when they get to those later episodes. Um, I just like, I don't, like, how how balanced do you think you would be if you just uncovered this, like, yeah. insane conspiracy, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like we need to cut five some slack, maybe. Like, yeah. it's not, it could just be that he's just, like, reeling from this and is therefore not acting very logically. I mean, part of why I, I mentioned the protest and the killing uh, that happened here in Minnesota just last night is because the, the, the scene where Fives is shot really hit me hard because mm. he's clearly trying to say, look, folks, I'm not a threat. I don't yeah. want to hurt anyone. I just want to talk. And they're advancing on him in a very aggressive way with weapons up. And he's doing this thing where he's trying hard to say, like, look, I'm, I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone. But they're being very aggressive. And I think at some point he goes in a kind of a little bit of a defensive position of, like, look, I just want to talk, but I'm going to grab this gun to get you to put your guns down so we can talk. And that's, of course, when they shoot him. Yeah. And to me, it just reminded me of, you know, first of all, just all the situations of where cops are incredibly aggressive and then blame people for responding in mm-hmm. in scared or, or fearful or, or, you know, fighting back methods, ways. And, and and this isn't connected to what happened last night, but just it happens certainly all the time when someone who does have some kind of mental illness or something is acting in ways that should clearly be understood by a prof- mental health professional as not threatening, but just unbalanced or whatever it is, but it leads to, to cops shooting them. Um, so I, I think for me, that scene was just so tragic and... So clearly manipulated by Palpatine to be exactly what would happen because he he wanted Fives dead and he wanted to mm. prove that it was an inhibitor chip. Yeah, and even like Anakin is getting upset with Fives. He like when they when they're initially talking, he's like, "It's okay, buddy. Just like put your guns down. We're just gonna have a chit chat. You've put us in this force field. We have no choice but to listen to you. So just like explain things to us." And like Fives is explaining, and then like Anakin starts yelling at him about trying to kill Palpatine. So it's like real clear where Anakin's allegiance lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was also a tragic moment there of 
it being Anakin that he thinks is the one he can trust, but Anakin probably is less yeah. likely to blame the Chancellor for almost, than almost any other Jedi. Mm-hmm. Except maybe asleep at the Switch window, but... I So, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about what you just said. And I'm not comfortable with this comparison mm. of five situation. Um, because he, he clearly reaches for a weapon. And I believe, you know, he picks up one of Rex's blasters and points it at them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that if someone has a weapon, that homicide is justified. Mm-hmm. But that is, what we see in this episode is very different from what is going on in the world and the way people are being treated when they, when they are unarmed, mm-hmm. completely unarmed. And, and the police are using excuses of, we were fearful for our life because we thought they were reaching for a weapon, mm-hmm. but they weren't. And like th- this is such a clear delineation here that Fives does pick up a blaster so and, and i, I have to like, disagree yeah. with you on that point i i think that's a very fair pushback and i think just to clarify a bit and i, sh- I should have been clearer here I, I think you're right the the, the many, many of the killings we're talking about here are in situations where someone is completely unarmed i think particularly in some of the way that the um response what i'm more talking about is in some of the ways of the conflicts that have happened between police and crowds afterwards there have definitely been some instances where cops are being incredibly aggressive and crowds are sometimes responding in aggressive ways, or at least some small members of them are, but almost always at the instigation and provocation of the police. Um, and so that it's that more limited situation mm. that this that this drew to mind for me. Because you're right, sure. what Fives does in terms of reaching for a weapon is incredibly different from when when we're talking about the killing of unarmed people. Yeah, and like Fives is a trained soldier mm-hmm. as well, right? Whereas like these are just people, and they're threatening because of their skin color. Yeah. I mean, it's notable, I think, that we know that all of these weapons have stun settings, you know, like the blue rings. Yeah. And, you know, the the troopers that come to arrest Fives uh, did did not have their blasters on stun. Mm -hmm. And they just, they shot him right through the chest. Yeah. And And on a, like, a lighter, like, cartoons are kind of wacky note, like... He was shot through the chest, and then he like he's alive for like another thirty <laughs> seconds and talks to Rex and Anakin. So it's of like course. sometimes stormtroopers get shot in the shoulder and go to sleep. But <laughs> yeah, five I mean, fives is tough. I mean, because certainly we never have someone take a fatal wound but survive long enough to uh, say the thing they need to say in live action yeah. Marvel or DC movies or anything like that. But yeah. it kind of reminded me of Spider Man at the end of Infinity War. Like everyone else gets goes oh, yeah. to dust pretty quickly but he he gets like his dramatic 30 seconds with yeah. mr stark i saw a head canon of that that the reason is because his spidey sense like lets him know that something bad's gonna happen a few seconds before everyone else but that seemed like quite a head canon i'd agree with you there um <laughs> yeah, i mean like it still got me i still bawled good job marvel yeah, yeah no, <laughs> it, it definitely hit me yeah going back to the thing about uh shakti and the jedi for a second Mm. One of the things that struck me, and again, because I'm, I'm seeing everything in terms of this idea of like, you know, in, internalized organizations that are maintaining law and order, doing their own thing and stuff like that. She at one point says like, you know, the chancellor and the, the Republic have ordered that all of these materials concerning the tumor and stuff like that get transferred to the medical laboratories on Coruscant to be handled in the proper way. And she basically says like, yep, I acknowledge that that's the rightful order, but 
the Jedi want to look at it first, so we're going to do it first, and we're doing that because I said so. And I, I thought it was such an interesting moment because in this moment, when we as the audience know that shady things are happening, it seems like completely the right thing to do. On a general level, though, it also seems like one more moment of this incredible Jedi arrogance of we know what's best, we know right, and so we're going to you know, cut any official you know, responses that are supposed to happen and just do things our way. Yeah, and like she makes some points about like who the the clones quote unquote belong to. Yeah, as well, and like they like get the lawyer. Yeah, yeah, like they're the property. They're not the property of of Kaminoa. They're the property of the, the Jedi and the Republic, and therefore, like, and I think it's it's mostly just like Shakti pushing back against this idea of the only way we can deal with Tuff right now is to just kill him. Right. Um, like, she's very, like, no, 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 no. So then when it gets to this point of, like, okay, well, now we have these two tumor samples. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's take them to Coruscant. I think she's still in this, like, I I don't trust these Kaminoans as far as I could throw them. And, yeah. well, that's not a good example. She could throw them very far. I don't trust these Kaminoans, like, at all at this point. And, like, yeah. their relationship has deteriorated there. So she's just, like, I just want to, I just want to check things out. We We should just check this out. Something something doesn't feel right here right there's a lot there's a lot of there's growing mistrust Mm -hmm. between the chancellor and the jedi Mm -hmm. you know and this this is going to lead to a lot of the stuff that happens in revenge of the sith and i i I don't know i'm not sure if mace is buying everything the chancellor says hook line and sinker Mm -hmm. because that again like his character in the future is very distrustful of palpatine right so either Either, like, this is one of the instigating incidents, maybe, that leads to more him distrusting him, or he may just be playing along, you know, publicly, and then turning around and saying, like, this is fishy, like, we need to investigate the Chancellor. Yeah. I I wish we'd had a moment between him and Yoda, kind of as they're walking out, showing that, because you're right, it's, it's, it's left so open that I think... Either of those interpretations makes a lot of sense. I think I think the way you're seeing it could also totally be legitimate. Yeah, just like a glance between them even would have been nice. Of like, mm-hmm. this. Yeah, the response to this is we're going to vaccinate the entire clone army. Okay. Right. Okay, palps. Like that sounds good. Yeah. You should. Vaccines are very important. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, the whole important. time you're saying that, I'm like. Yeah, this episode is all about them using vaccines as a cover to, like, insert people with terrible oh, things. Like, oh, no! I don't want to even put that idea out no, into no, the no. world, because that's the worst conspiracy theory out there, at least one of yeah. them. But, this know. is just, like, they're probably just going to inject them with, like, a saline solution and be like, you are now vaccinated against the brain chip disease. Don't worry, Order 66 won't happen. I mean, what? Right. Yeah. Or something to, like, even make the Order 66 thing stronger. Like, who the heck knows? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, what did they figure out why Tup's chip malfunctioned anyway? They're just like it just started. It just went off early. I think it's just random happenstance. I yeah. mean, he's, it's one clone in millions. Yeah, right. And you're just gonna have something some happen. fail. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I mean, we've seen that uh, you know the Kaminoan process of creating them is literally assembly lines. You know, and sometimes just a defective product mm-hmm. comes off an assembly line. Yeah. Oh, geez, the like visual of the little fetuses in their matrix battery chamber was 
that was, was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like we learned a lot more about the Kaminoans this episode, these episodes, especially in evil. <laughs> what? From uh, the second movie, at least, I feel like, you know, they were definitely presented as kind of amoral instead of like moral or immoral. Like they, they were doing business and they made this yeah. trade mm-hmm. and, you know, you didn't get a sense. Like, it sounded like, like, you know, they provided what the Republic wanted, clone troopers. And for us to see that, like, they're directly working with Lord Tyrannus, who, uh, you know, and, and that they are clearly very well aware of Order 66 and that that's something that they, they, they manufactured into the clones. You know, I mean, it's not hugely surprising, but I thought it was nice just to see more of, like, yep, no, they, they've been in on this plot from the beginning. Oh, yeah, and they're kind of, like, like cackling almost behind the Jedi's back, like, they're so stupid, they don't know. This secret is, died with Sifo Diaz, and we're gonna we're gonna get him. Is it clear that they know they, the Kaminoans do mention Clone Protocol sixty six? But are they? Is it clear that they know what that will do? It seems like that's the read okay. I got. I don't know if they explicitly said it though, but yeah, yeah, my, it sure as heck seems like it. My take is that because they're the ones who designed the chip, they would have to. Like, they would have to be the ones to program the chip to say, when you hear Ordi 66, kill the Jedi. Um, because I don't <clears throat> think that we're supposed to think that uh, Palpatine or or, any, or Sifo-Dyas has the, the knowledge of cloning science to, to do that themselves. But mm. yeah, again, it, it is left a little open. Yeah, well, just when they're, like, talking with Tyrannus, too, they're just, like, it just, it, it, it feels super evil. They feel mm. the evil. Mm. Like... They've always been kind of strange, I guess, in this, like you were saying, this amoral sort of sense of, they feel almost ethereal, right? Like, this kind of holier than thou, like, we just build clones kind of vibe. But yeah, this was very, even like their, um, their prime minister, who had like a fun name that started with an L that I'm forgetting right now. Uh, it's all right, but he had like a funny voice and was just like, "I'm clearly evil." I don't know. Right. It felt like they were leaning hard into like these. These aren't just like business folk who are just doing, doing what it doing a job for the highest bidder. Right. They know that they're not doing good things. I mean, I feel kind I w- of t- oh, go ahead, Ricky. I, I I would have to do a little more digging on that because it's I I don't know. If I buy that Sidious would tell them what was going on, because he's usually very careful about revealing all of the plot. And he has manipulated other organizations, you know, like the Trade Federation and the Banking Clan, to do his bidding. And, and like, they're evil, but they're not fully, like, in on the plan evil. So I, I, I do wonder, like, if the Kaminoans are in the same boat. And I understand, like, I, I, I buy into what you're saying about, like, they, they probably had to program the chips. But, right. I, yeah, I just, I wonder if Sidious would let that information be out there. Well, is, is this the whole plan? Like, if they know that Order 66 is kill the Jedi... Is that the entire like that's not the entirety of Sidious's plan. Like that's a that's right. a cog. It's a pretty significant cog, but it's not the whole thing. I think there's a possible middle ground here where first of all, and this is kind of also to the amoral versus immoral thing, I certainly I, I don't get the impression that the Kaminoans hate the Jedi and want to be part of a plot to wipe them out. 
I think for them, it's more of just the, like, we'll design the clones to do what you want to do. And if you want the clones to dance on their heads, we'll do that. If you want the clones mm-hmm. to kill the Jedi, we'll do that. As long as you pay. You know, it's a very much a, like, mm-hmm. we just want the money thing. But I think, and maybe, Riki, this speaks to what you're saying. You know, when when the uh, Order 66 is carried out, Palpatine says, like, they're only doing this because the Jedi attacked and this is a defensive measure. And... And here I'm getting pretty far into headcanon territory for sure. But I, I think I agree. I don't think Sidious would ever say to these Kaminoans, by the way, one day I'm going to wipe out all the Jedi. That's the plan. But I think he might say is something like, look, this is probably a one in a million shot. But the Jedi are so hmm. powerful that just in case one day the clones have to fight the Jedi, can you help build this in? Okay. Um, yeah. Because we, we have seen a lot of has it, a lot of the the Kaminoans being very resentful of the Jedi and thinking the Jedi are like not using the clones the way they should. And here the, the Kaminoan has that great line about how um, the Jedi are inspiring creative thinking in the clones, which is harming their brains. Um, so, so I guess that that's more the way I'd see it. That's not that it's like, we're planning to do this, but just, I want this as a fail safe. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board with, they knowingly programmed it as a fail safe rather than the end point of this entire plot. Yeah. I think I, that that sounds better. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I buy that. I don't know. I just get such like the Kaminoans, to me, seem to genuinely hate the Jedi. But yet, like like you were saying, Matthew, it could just be in a like, you're not using our product correctly. Right. We, we don't right, know how yeah. they felt about the Jedi when sifo asked them to place this order so True. many years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, in some ways... Which is a whole, whole backstory to this. Thing. I'm sure there's a novel. <laughs> I, I, well, we get a little more of it in some of, some other episodes. Yeah. We get the sifo story. Mm. Yeah. What I'm kind of confused by here is... Um, we, we refer to Tyrannus, Darth Tyrannus, mm-hmm. which is Count Dooku's Sith name. Right. And he, he goes to using that name and covers his face in, in the hood when he uh, holograms with the Kaminoans. I'm a little confused on like who knows what about his identity. Yeah, one thing I noticed is I think they call him Lord Tyrannus, not yeah. Darth Tyrannus. Yeah. Well, I think... But we get uh, Lord think, Vader yeah. as well, right? Like, That's true. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, but you're saying they might not even know that he is a Sith Lord? Yeah, that maybe they just know he's this, like, you know, dark yeah. figure of some kind who is, like, has power but isn't necessarily a Sith. He oh. does he does less of a good job at hiding his voice right? compared to Palpatine. Uh, he pretty much just uses his regular voice, I think. Yeah. <laughs> when you have a voice that awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, boy, you sure do sound like that Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> also very true. It's like Batman in the old 60s series where, like, Bruce Wayne answers the phone. And it's like, oh, you wanted Batman? Hang on a second, Commissioner. <laughs> Hi, this is Batman. It's like, Batman. But that's so good. Wait, are you talking about the animated series? No, okay. I am talking about the 1960 right. television series starring yeah. Adam West where he does nothing to change his voice. Yeah, okay. Look, that's look, fair. if a pair of glasses can make it utterly impossible <laughs> to see that Clark Kent is Superman, then I think, you know... <laughs> Telling you okay. that it's a different person's voice is pretty powerful. The also, amount of people who don't recognize me if I don't have my glasses on is staggeringly <laughs> high. So, like, 
did want to give some cred to Superman, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, also like phone quality in the 60s, it wasn't as good. You know, maybe you couldn't tell the voices. But anyway, we're stretching to <laughs> but, pretty often. But hologram you, quality is just like... Do yeah. you agree, though, Matthew, that it's kind of confusing as to like, from a public point of view, what is the difference between Count Dooku and Lord Tyrannus? Oh, yeah. I, I, I would 100% agree. And I think, to me, one of the biggest failings of the Star Wars universe in general but especially during this period, is how little we, the audience, know about what the general public knows. Mm-hmm. Like, certainly from episodes of Clone Wars, it seems that everyone in the Senate in the Senate knows that the Sith are back. Does the general public know that? Would, would the general public know that if they hear Darth, it means they're connected to this thing of legend that they've been hearing about since they were kids, mm-hmm. or maybe they haven't? Like, do people know? Like, they don't... Um, I, it seems the, the Jedi all know that Count Dooku is a Sith Lord. Does the general public know? Like, I just, there's so many questions like that where I feel like there are inconsistencies because we, we don't know. And it seems sometimes it's one way and sometimes it's another. Yeah. I mean, I could also, I, I assume the reason they were calling him Lord Tyrannus is because they didn't know he was Dooku, the Separatist leader. They just thought he was some dude who was like in league with Sifo DS. Right. Ordering these chips to be made. Yes. <clears throat> I mean that that is definitely the implication of that scene from the Kaminoan point of view, mm-hmm. right? But, but, I, but I just like don't understand how they, how they don't know. Maybe they haven't like chatted with Dooku a lot. It's probably not like you can just ring him up and be like, "Hey, Dooku, leader of the Separatist army, has it hanging?" Yeah. Well, but like We're in, the I mean, in the novels, it, the ones that are canon. They make it very clear that Count Dooku and Sifo Dyas were quite good friends when they were both in the Jedi Order, and that everybody knew that. Oh, so, yeah, well. yeah, they were they were best <laughs> friends. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, like, here's this person who knows enough about Sifo Dyas that he uh, understands how he set up this whole clone operation. And it's like, well, like you've got this voice, and you've got we can see your beard <laughs> under the hood. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Whereas I... Palpatine, like, the difference between Palpatine, like, Chancellor Palpatine and Darth Sidious, like, when he's on the hollow, mm-hmm. is very different. Like, he changes his voice completely. Like, you can't really tell, like, from his chin who he is. You know, I, I, I'm just thinking that the Kaminoan attitude is, you know, maybe one of them says, like, didn't that sound like Count Dooku? And the other says, look... I don't care what the name on the check is as long as the yeah. check cashes, you know? <laughs> like, I, or they could have just had like a, I don't know, all humans look the same to me. I mean, also true. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. race blindness like that. The Kaminoans certainly do not seem the most like, let's be sensitive and aware and, and understanding of other cultures and other races. Yeah. And they're definitely like some of the least humanoid humanoids we've seen. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like oh, they yeah. do look very alien. Right. They have very long necks. They look like the episode of The Simpsons where everybody thinks an alien has come to town, but it's just Mr. Burns being, like, drugged up. Oh. Do you, are you familiar with The Simpsons? Does this make sense? I mean, I, I, I've seen a, quite a lot of The Simpsons. That kind of rings a very vague bell, but I probably haven't seen it in 30 years, 20 years. They all, they all sing, like, good morning, starshine. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep Simpsons cut. They, yeah, <laughs> they, they look like when you think... Of, like, little green men or, like, little gray men. That yes, kind of, like, so. alien. Except, like, tall and with really long necks. Yeah. They're like, giraffe. Yeah. They're, like, tall, tall green giraffes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone please draw that. <laughs> tall green <laughs> giraffe. <laughs> Folks, tweet, so, in, tweet in your pictures to us. 
<laughs> so let's talk about this droid. Yeah. Easy. This is one of the better droid characters, I feel like, we've encountered. He's, so the reason I'm, I'm like bristly towards him is because he's voiced by the, um, the same, the same act that he sounds the same as the droid who was in the droids episode that we whack. much maligned whack. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just like, you're the same, you're the same in my mind. Um, but I think once you can like overcome that, you're like, oh, and I think he, he, he learned some things about what it is to be an individual, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fun. like there was like some kind you know, like data from Star Trek vibes of like he's kind of overcoming his initial programming and becomes legitimate friends with fives. And mm-hmm. it's a little sad that we, we don't get to see like a proper goodbye between the two of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really love the two of them. And there was one line especially that to me was such an interesting like commentary both on how droids are seen and how clones are seen in that uh, the droid, AZ, keeps referring to his new friend and he's clearly treating him like a friend by his designation number. And when Five says, no, my name is Fives and this other one's name is Top, the droid doesn't understand. Like, he's just like, but but I have a designation number, you have a designation number, what's the difference? And he has a line of like, you know, kind of just confusion that, like, droids have numbers, but clones have names. Um, and, and I just thought that was such an interesting part of... Because he's not being, he's not being like the Kaminoans, like, no, you're not a person, you have a number. To him, you can absolutely be a distinct personality and have a number. Uh, and, and so I just really... I thought that was just a very interesting, like, scene between the two of them of, like, the relative importance of names for both of them. Yeah, for sure. Like, he was just like, These, this is the series of sounds that I utter to mean you. Mm-hmm. And if it's like CT5555 or if it's fives, like there's even once he finally does start calling him fives, but there's like a neat back and forth where he's like, five is also a number. And five's like, not five, fives. And right. like speaking of data from Star Trek, it reminded me a lot of when in season two with the, the not Dr. crusher Pulaski. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who's just like, it calls him data all the time. And mm-hmm. it's like, one's my name. The other one is not my name. Right. Like, fives is my name. Five is not my name. Yeah. But there's even still, like, a cute moment where he, <laughs> yeah. he calls him five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they definitely build a nice affection for each other, which is really nice to see. Um, and and then there's kind of a wonderful moment where fives decides the best thing for them to do is to jump out of a... Um, jump out of a moving ship into the water together and, and then the droid is able to basically become like a water scooter to get them both back <laughs> his yeah. plan okay his plan originally was to swim back did you see how far he was <laughs> and he was planning on swimming back well he asks before he... <laughs> az like reveals he can turn into a jet ski uh-huh. but he asked az if he's like he's like are you buoyant so i'm assuming his plan somehow involved either like hanging on to him to take a rest or like using him as a flutterboard but it would <laughs> it still would have taken a long like, time over yeah. an hour to swim back yes. yeah he, he's not perhaps exhibiting the the best rational thought at that moment yeah. i suppose and I liked, like, I did like the comedic relief that AZ provided, and mm-hmm. it it wasn't in the like droid wackiness of Roger Roger, yeah, right. It was just like he had some really good moments, like when they go back in, their disguise is literally just find someone else's clothes because like, five looks like any other clone, and this droid is just a droid, so they can right. very easily blend in, and so they're just walking through. 
like a crowded classroom area and fives tells az like act normal and he's like i don't know how to act normal la 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 so normal and it's just like was that normal did i do a good job like for you yes that was normal yeah yeah i i love that because it felt like it was clearly meant to be the comedy moment of the episode and it was Mm -hmm. it was very funny but it also felt completely in character it felt it felt like two people being funny as they were doing the thing they were doing instead of like we're gonna stop the movie to tell a joke now which I think mm-hmm. you often get. Yeah, it was just like it, he was—he had this similar like I don't know brand of humor as I guess three PO does to me, where it's like three PO is just being his delightful eccentric self, and mm-hmm. that is humorous because of who he is as a as a droid. Whereas like yeah, like same similar to Az is just like being himself, but because he doesn't understand like social mores, it, it's humorous. Yeah. Definitely. A couple of just little things, and I want to talk about, then I want to talk about fives, um, but just a couple of quick things on the other characters. It, it's at the very beginning of the episode, and it, it's not really connected to the plot at all, but I just thought it was a wonderful moment. There's a moment where Anakin captures one of those, um, like, super strategy droids who's mm-hmm. been controlling the, the armies that they're fighting against. And he starts to ask him questions. And the droid just says, I am programmed to resist interrogation. And literally, Anakin just says, fine, and decapitates him. Um, And it just was to me like, yep, this is a couple steps away from the dark side, Anakin. This is not season one, Anakin. He has gone to, like, and maybe maybe there really was no way to get any information out of that droid. And maybe, you know, he has that droids aren't people kind of attitude, which I would disagree with. But it's understandable given the war they're in. But it still just felt like a very dark moment for Anakin. Yeah, like this this droid is no longer useful to him. Therefore, why don't I force choke him? I mean, yeah. decapitate him. Yeah. It's I think it is a good way to show his descent mm-hmm. um with resorting to violence but not killing sentient right or like biological beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like at this point I think so Clone Wars gets canceled sort of mid season 6, is that correct? And then comes back for a seventh season, but that was that was very recently. So, um, Clone, Clone Wars on the network that it was on was actually canceled after season five. Okay, that was the end. They they wrote and animated these episodes that are we are watching as season six, um, but they were they were released much later as uh, the Lost Missions as like a bonus. Okay. Yeah, this feels very like we got to get Anakin to the dark side pronto. Kind of like Anakin's descent is is hastening, I mm-hmm. guess. And showing it as this like I'm not even going to toss this droid aside. I'm just going to straight up decapitate it as this like taking bigger and bigger steps towards the dark side, which is where he kind of like needs to get to, right? For sure. For sure. Also, just one little complaint moment. And again, this just goes to the inconsistency stuff we've talked about. But at this point, I have... It, it really does feel like the ability of the Jedi to fight non-Jedi is completely and utterly <laughs> dependent on the plot. Mm-hmm. Because we have seen so many times a Jedi be in, you know, being shot by lasers from every literal direction and have no problem, split second, get their lightsaber out and deflect all of them. 
And here we have a trooper literally run up to a Jedi with a gun to her head. We watch her while she has a lightsaber in her hand, turn her head to the clone and look at him. And then he yeah. shoots her dead. Mm-hmm. And it was just yeah. like, I get you want us to show we, we, you want him to kill her for the sake of the plot. But like, that's a dumb way to show it. Do you think this is like foreshadowing Order 66 where it's just like the disbelief? This, yeah. We're, we're trying to like plant the seeds that actually clones yeah. can kill dro- that the Jedi are just so amazed at the possibility that they don't think to defend themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about like the twins at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. The two. Right. And I noticed you had a note here about how like <laughs> twins with rhyming names is like a cruel joke by parents yeah pretty much yeah which i i agree with um but yeah it and it it feels like it happens so often in like pop culture right where the twins obviously are the ones with rhyming names whereas in real life i don't know no that doesn't seem to happen as much but maybe anyway sidetracked yeah it, it feels like it's a little bit of this like setup for Order 66, where so many of the Jedi fall to the clones, and it seems to just be due to this lack of... Oh my gosh. Ugh. Sorry, the cat jumped and pulled our headphones out. Oh no. Um, Okay. Uh, So many of the Jedi are killed by the clones, and it's just this, like, total surprise, right? So Mm. even having the Jedi look at a clone who's got a gun to her head, she's still not like, oh, this clone's gonna kill me, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too much into that. I mean, that's how it plays out when Order 66 happens. I mean, I don't... You can question how believable that is or not. I mean, the Jedi <laughs> have, we have... literally <laughs> have the power to just use the Force to knock that gun out of his hands. Yeah. So, right. yeah. I thought you were going to mention when Fives <clears throat> comes in and just, like, annihilates a, a hallway full of people who just, like, stand around and look at him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting, though, because he, he annihilates some of the other clones. And I want to say something about that in a second. But mm-hmm. we very clearly see the Kaminoans just stand and watch. Because I think, I think we're supposed to get the idea of, like, the Kaminoans are not a warrior people in the slightest. They are oh, no. a, we don't want to get our hands dirty. We hire <clears throat> other people to do the fighting for us. You know, they're not going to try and at all mix it up with him. Yeah, that's fair. It was just, it just seemed really OP, I guess. Mm -hmm, For sure. (laughs) I I did think it's interesting that when Fives gives that little speech about like, he's talking to the Kaminoans and to the general, but other clone troopers are right there about, no, actually, let let me back up a second. It's not even that. It's he has this meeting with AZ as they're both in the hallway going other directions. He thinks he's going back to Kaminoa, uh, to mm-hmm. Coruscant, and AZ is saying, oh, you know, we're both going to get reprogrammed. Isn't that great? We won't have to think about this, and, and maybe we'll be friends again if we remember. And and so he's just heard this horrible thing's going to happen to him, and he's like, I can't let this happen. And the other clone troops don't show any sympathy for him or any – and I, I was wondering if that's because they're the ones who've been on Kaminoa this whole time, and they haven't spent any time with the Jedi, and they haven't had any chance to have quite a, like more independent thinking. Um I may be headcanoning that way too much, and it may just be they just didn't want to deal with it, but that was really, I thought, an interesting moment. Well, it was a super weird reaction of, like, clearly this, yeah, like you were saying, clearly this guy's been told he's been going to be taken to the, the farm upstate, 
but that's not where he's actually going and we know this and oh he's just figured it out and they yeah they do literally nothing and then he just like attacks them all and leaves and it's just like you you think they maybe would have like tightened their grip on his shoulders or something yeah that's strange i think fives journey is by far the thing i like most about this episode these episodes because we mm. really get to learn more about him as a character and and his death i mean to me is one of the most tragic we get in this show like i i really felt it hard and i just i, I mean just to start with i felt like the degree of clearly love and care and responsibility he feels towards top to me it was very powerful especially because it wasn't established like these two are the bestest of buddies it's more just like I do think Fives feels kind of guilty that he kind of brushed off Tup's initial concerns. But more than that, it's like, this is a guy in my unit. So he is my brother and I need to take care of him. Yeah. And like that's what they, they call each other brother mm-hmm. frequently. Right? right. I mean, technically, well, I guess like, they are. They call everyone brother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that it, it builds that sense of like camaraderie and, and right. brotherhood. Yeah. I mean, even when Fives has to fight them, there's one who he knocks out and he clearly, like, apologizes to and feels bad about having to fight this other clone trooper, even though that's one who he's never seen before. He's been on totally different sides of the galaxy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Tangent. But speaking of one he's never seen before, like, when they're looking for Fives, they're just, like, going around to a clone bar and holding up a picture of Fives and, like, have you seen this guy? And it's like, yes, literally everywhere. We all have that face. That is... (laughs) Every single one of us. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun moment. So I think that's all I had for these episodes. What about you, Gold? Is there other points you wanted to bring up or talk about? Trench is back, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, Uh, For me, the small background detail that I really enjoyed was the Chancellor is flanked by his royal guards the the red uh um, oh yeah robed troops i guess who mm-hmm. we see at return of the jedi guarding his throne room so he's already got those in place yep yeah i mean i think he definitely knows that we've entered the end game now you know he mm-hmm. clearly is thinking that order 66 is going to happen soon grievous is going to get killed pretty soon and he's it's not that he's being sloppy but it feels like he's no longer quite as worried about I can't plant the seed that someone might figure out because it's 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 about to go down anyway. Yeah, when he gives the Jedi at the end the line about the the parasite and the vaccine, he turns around to the quote unquote camera and just like does an evil smirk. Yeah, <laughs> when he's still in the same room as the Jedi, and I was like, can't you at least like sense this deception using the Force? Like, he's smirking right in front of you. Yeah, well, I think, like, what Matthew was saying is, like, he's just so close to Endgame, right? And he's like, I got this on lock. <laughs> I'm gonna coast. Yeah. Like, 30-some years in the making, and it's finally coming to fruition. But I think he's also had three years of proof now that his, like, mental blocks are strong enough that the Jedi can't mm-hmm. see past that, you know? And that's, mm-hmm. like, we all just talked about Last Jedi, the movie, and that's one of the, the things that Luke says is that kind of proof of the fallenness of the Jedi was that they couldn't sense Darth Sidious right in the middle of them that whole time. Yeah, and like manipulating them the whole time too, not just like hanging out in the background. Like he was, he was in the middle of all of it. Yeah. Like in some ways, I really love that 
you know, it's clearly we know what's going to happen when Palpatine is trying to get uh, himself alone with fives. Mm-hmm. But I love that we don't see it. We just yeah. see like all we do is we hear later that he's being attacked by fives. And clearly fives does attack him at one point. And I, I think the clear implication is that he did the like, you know, you want to attack me kind of finger wavy thing uh, or some other kind of mind control. But it just oh. it, it was just such brilliant manipulation. And we didn't have to see it because like mm. we know the two of them are alone. We know he's going to do something. And I just I just thought that was mm-hmm. great storytelling. What I, do you what do you think happened, Sarah? <laughs> I thought that Palpatine attacked him and that fives attacked back. Is that what you're going to say? I, I so my personal like how I would have liked to have seen it go down is for Palpatine to just like whisper in his ear like it's me I'm controlling <laughs> everything you fool monologue Adam. yeah it's like villain monologue and then like Fi's like what and he like <laughs> you know goes for a blaster and then like oh no he's attacking me yeah. I think that could have been fun, but I think I just, I just love the way that we don't get to see that. You know, I, I love the mystery yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. We can all make up our own story. Exactly. Yeah. The writers get to do it, so why shouldn't we? <laughs> cool. All right. Any other last little things? I was a little sad that it's a man named Commander Fox who shoots him dead. Like, that just, you know, that hurt a little bit as a fellow Fox. But... Oh. Jeez, I didn't, yeah. I, okay, so the the... Clone troopers who are coming after five, they're all dressed in red. Are they related to Palpatine in any way, shape, or form? Or are they just a different unit that has... I I had that thought because I think on Kamino, they also have like red marked clone troopers. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's like a, a different branch or a you know, different breed that has been programmed slightly differently to, you know, not follow the jedi's orders or to at least like supersede that with palpatine's orders mm-hmm. yeah and i think that would also be some sort of explanation as to why they didn't stun fives yeah because like yeah <laughs> it was so sad and i for some reason i like did not remember fives dying in this i thought that he came back and was like in later episodes mm. um so i was just like but he's not actually dead because he's in he comes back right right what no fives <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was like i don't know it yeah it, it felt double shocking for me i don't know because mm-hmm. i have a really bad memory yeah i played myself well yeah. and it's harder because also we know that things don't happen exactly in, in timeline order and things like that mm-hmm. I, I, yeah I will just also say we hadn't had a clones focused episode in a while and it was really nice to get back to one, especially because, um, you know, this is a bit meta, but I think it's relevant. We're getting close to the release of the new Star Wars art animated show, The Bad Batch, um, which is about a different group of clones, but still is very much about clones. And so I felt like I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm this kind of made me even more excited to see that. I'm like, yeah, there's some great storytelling to be done among about the clones in Order 66 and things like that. Yeah, and like we didn't really have any clones in season five, did we? I think like I think they were like you know Rex or Cody was sometimes like hanging out with you know someone or taking orders, but we didn't have any stories that focused on clones in season five. Mm. I think we also got Admiral Ularin for the first time in like several seasons. Yeah. It feels like oh yeah, that's true. Just very briefly like relaying some information or something. Mm-hmm. I'm more than just the narrator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice little callback. That was a nice little callback. 
All right. Well, thank you, folks, so much for being a part of this. Uh, as always, fans, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, if you want to write into us or contact us, uh, I do all of my podcasting for both this and superhero ethics and some other shows that I'm sometimes on under the Ethical Panda. So you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at the Ethical Panda. You can also write to us at theethicalpanda@gmail.com. Be happy to either respond to you directly or read your commentary on air and get into it that way. And then to find um, other podcasts like this where we talk about the MCU, DC, uh, Orville, lots of other great geek shows and go deep on this kind of analysis, please go to strandedpanda.com. This podcast is a part of the Stranded Panda podcast community, and there you can find all kinds of great shows. Uh, on the MCU cast, they're doing episode-by-episode reviews of Falcon the Winter Soldier. We're also talking about that show on my other show, Superhero Ethics. Uh, there's a great analysis of the MonsterVerse movies, the Godzilla and um, King Kong movies that have come out on Binger's Assemble, which are, um, they have a, a higher opinion of some of those movies than I do, but they're still very interesting takes, to be sure. So check all that out. Let us know what you think, and have a great day. Kenobi. No, you gotta do the, <coughs> you gotta do the trench. You gotta do the trench. I, you are your trench. <laughs> Ugh.